leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Tom Swarbrick. 10 to 6, Tom Swarbrick on LBC as the UK and US unite again to engage in military action in the Middle East. There is no better time to get the view from Washington DC and Simon Marks, American Week. Tom, let's start with the big news last night. It broke just in time for the nightly US network newscasts, though it may have left many American viewers reaching for an atlas. We begin tonight with breaking news. The US military has launched retaliatory strikes against multiple Houthi targets in Yemen. This follows months of attacks on commercial shipping in the Red Sea. Moments ago, CBS News confirmed that these joint airstrikes by the UK and the US on military positions in Yemen are now underway. Those airstrikes on Yemen ordered by President Biden with the participation of the UK and support from Australia, Bahrain, Canada and the Netherlands were designed to hit the Iran-backed Houthi rebels hard and prevent the continuing threat to shipping in the Red Sea that they have posed. But within hours of the bombardment beginning, President Biden faced incoming himself from some members of his own Democratic Party. He should have come as the Constitution requires to Congress. The Constitution requires that if there is not an imminent threat of self-defense, that he has to come to Congress. Representative Ro Khanna of California immediately taking to CNN and berating the president for sidestepping constitutional niceties that so many of his predecessors have also sidestepped when launching military action. But he wasn't just angry that he and his colleagues hadn't been consulted. The congressman blasted the decision to blast Yemen itself. I think that this has uh, increased the risk of uh, retaliation against our embassies of retaliation against our troops. The Saudis tried to bomb the Houthis for eight years, and they regret that war, and it did not uh, deter the Houthis. It actually uh, made the Houthis stronger. There could be more trouble ahead for Joe Biden's flagging approval ratings. Of course, it's lucky that the military action wasn't required earlier this month, because we now know that America's Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was missing in action. He was not, as the Pentagon claimed, working from home over the New Year holiday. Unbeknownst to anyone, not the President, not members of the Cabinet, not even senior officials at the Defense Department, the man who commands 1.4 million active duty military personnel had been rushed to hospital on New Year's Day. Once we found out he was in the hospital, we certainly asked all the questions you would think we would ask to try to ascertain his condition. Of course we were curious about that. He's the Secretary of Defense and he's a key member of the administration. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby conceding that those investigations by the President and others took several days to yield results. The Defense Secretary was in isolation in intensive care at Walter Reed Military Hospital just outside Washington, suffering from complications after having prostate cancer surgery. He never disclosed his cancer diagnosis to the President and never thought he ought to give Joe Biden a heads up that for the first week of the year he was facing some substantial medical challenges. Secretary Austin is indeed notoriously private, but no one in Washington can understand any of this, least of all Admiral Kirby. I would just tell you that uh, that, that, that that effort to try to get more information was, was overt. Um, and it was genuine, and it was certainly in the spirit of making sure that we understood what was going on with him and um, uh, in, in terms of his recovery. Throughout every step of the way, uh, there was no lack of 
of curiosity on our part, no lack of, or slackening of, a, of an effort to try to find out what was wrong with them. Absolutely extraordinary. Lloyd Austin's disappearance has seriously damaged his own authority within the Pentagon and undermined the Biden administration's claim to be a competent, safe pair of hands at the tiller of America's foreign and defense policy. President Biden says he has no plans to fire his defense secretary. Many in Washington don't understand that either. The Republicans vying to replace President Biden had another very busy week. Next Monday sees the Iowa caucuses, the first moment that real votes are cast by real Americans in the country's 2024 election cycle. One Republican, though, will not be on the primary ballot. It's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign tonight for President of the United States. The former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, bowing out. His relentless anti-Trump message scored him only 4% support among Republicans in Iowa. And in private comments caught on a hot microphone shortly before that appearance in New Hampshire, he expressed the futility that moderate Republicans continue to experience as they try to save the party from another Donald Trump presidential nomination. They don't want to hear it. We know we're right. But they don't want to hear it. Right. And, and there's, you know, we couldn't have been any clearer. Right. We couldn't have been any more, any more direct or worked any harder. Governor Christie did not endorse any of his rivals. Indeed, on that tape, he was witheringly critical of both Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina. They squared off in another TV debate on Wednesday, hosted by CNN. So here, you here's, are I not a manager. No, I, now I'm going to say... I think it's very instructive no, about what Nikki, how Nikki this, Haley sees the world. I think I have the floor. Governor, when you've seen one... You've seen them all. Over on Fox News, the runaway leader in the race for the nomination was counter-programming against his challengers. I am not going to be a dictator. I'm going to manage like we did. We were so successful that the country was coming together. It was actually coming together and coming together well. It was a beautiful thing to see. And we're going to do that again. Let's just pause briefly to acknowledge the moment when a leading candidate for the American presidency finds it necessary to tell people that he is not planning to be a dictator. Throughout that hour-long televised town hall, Trump projected invincibility in the race for the Republican nomination. He said he's already picked his running mate for this November, but then coyly refused to identify the man or woman he's planning to place a heartbeat away from the presidency. The American people, they deserve transparency and Many observers think it might be Congresswoman Elise Stefanik from New York. And in that appearance on NBC's Meet the Press last Sunday, January the 6th, she almost seemed to be auditioning for the role. Do you think that the people who stormed the Capitol should be held responsible to the full extent of the I law. have concerns about the treatment of January 6 hostages. Uh, I have concerns. We have a role in Congress of oversight over our treatments of prisoners. Uh, and I believe that we're seeing the weaponization of the federal government against not just President Trump, but we're seeing it against conservatives. We're seeing it against Catholics. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so proud to serve on the Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Government. The Select Committee on the Weaponization 
weaponization of the government. And yes, she did refer there to the Trump supporters convicted and jailed for the deadly riot on Capitol Hill three years ago as January the 6th hostages. Keep an eye on her. You may be hearing a lot more about her. Little wonder then that former First Lady Michelle Obama decided this week to say the quiet stuff out loud. What's going to happen in this next election? She answered her own question as she spoke to podcaster Jay Shetty. I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter. Who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit. It affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted. Now, you think you heard her say that she's terrified Joe Biden is on track to lose the election. But the White House wants to assure you that, in fact, she was saying she wants to see an economy that works for everyone. Let's just check the tape one more time. I am terrified about what could possibly happen. And with good reason, because with every passing day, President Biden's position in the opinion polls deteriorates, his efforts to revive his flagging popularity is getting him nowhere, and this week, even a bit of military action against Yemen and the disappearance of his own defence secretary served to open new avenues for his opponents to pursue. From me, a belated welcome to 2024... Tom, in the United States, it is going to be absolutely crackers. From, as in it always, from Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week.